All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an Welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror. I'm Rob Holmes, and today I'm joined by two guests. I got Jeremy Johnson and Kelly Vigilante. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Glad to be back. Good. Happy to be here, man. Now, Kelly, we're uh, we're talking about a movie today. This was actually your choice, right? That you wanted to talk about this film that you had said at one point I think was near and dear to your heart, right? It's only because of Eliza Dashku. Well, I mean, obviously. If you don't know what it is, based on that, is wrong turn. <laughs> Could it be any other movie? I mean, really, unless it's like you're going to take Buffy the Vampire Slayer or some Angel episodes and put it into a horror movie. Uh, she's done other stuff, but oh, Soul Survivors. That movie's Soul not Survivors. good. You love Soul Survivors and you know it. No, I really don't. It's not a good movie. Wait, didn't you suggest movie? Soul Survivors first? I, I, know, I said if you guys want to do another Eliza Dushku, watch Soul Survivors. It's terrible. It is terrible. It is it's absolutely so atrocious. It's so bad. Yeah. Well, it was it was PG thirteen, and there's an R cut that they're like, oh, it's so much more intense. It's not, guys. It's not. It it's still really sucks. Not. I saw the yeah. R, I saw the R cut first. I was just like, "What the hell is this?" Wait a oh, second! You know. Spoiler: Eliza Dushku plays a sarcastic bad girl. If you can believe it. No offense to her, but that's what she does. Yeah. You know, Eliza Dushku. I, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is still one of my favorite shows of all time, by the way. But she is the first woman that I ever saw on screen that I was like, I could be into women. Oh yeah, I Me mean. Too. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't the first where I was like, hey, all right. But well, she was one. So it's a little bit more. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I mean, for guys, this was like, you know, there's that moment of discovery. For me, uh, I'm old enough where it's still kind of like the Phoebe Cates moment. Anyone, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, Phoebe yeah, yeah, Cates no, coming Phoebe, out yeah, of the water. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Phoebe Cates was like, yeah back in the day yeah just trying to figure out who would be our phoebe or like not our but like the the later generations phoebe cates yeah I can't that's that's actually tough because yeah. there's so much there's so much like like instantaneous like i icons it seems like now it's hard to nail down like any sort of like classification for that sort of thing mm. Wait, no. Probably, I would say probably like Shannon Elizabeth. That's still 20 years before now. Right, so I'm saying we're talking about a generation that's maybe 10 years after, which is closer to mine oh, yeah, as far 10 years as like after? Yeah, yeah, that's, e that's easier. Yeah, Shannon Elizabeth could would definitely be there. Dude, when I met her, I almost ran away immediately after greeting myself, and she's like, come back, you know. Wait, oh, so you her. did you didn't almost you started to run away. She's like, no, 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 come on back here. Wait, yeah. no, I got it. I got it, guys. Okay. There's a couple of them. Okay. Uh Jamie Priestley. Sure. Because yeah. she was doing well, she was doing like the Poison Ivy series, or she was in one of them later yeah. on. Um but the one that I would really say from the nineties. Mm. 
Alyssa Milano. Oh, I was just, embrace of the vampire, dude. You said embrace of the vampire was one of my first like VH, VHS purchases on my own because I would knew what was going on in that movie. Wait, Rose McGowan, that. Rose McGowan, the Doom mm. Generation. The Doom, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, well, no, the, more, more like definitely Alyssa Milano, which would have been like. Like around the same time as Phoebe Cates, though, right? Like when she's yeah, it's still a little old. No, that's that's ten years apart. Nineteen eighty-two is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Embrace of the Vampires, nineteen ninety-three. Oh, guys, it's eleven years apart, guys. Wow. Jeremy froze. He was you, so you froze. You all you all froze for me. So. <laughs> All right, I froze up. What I was saying was, like, Alyssa Milano coming up, wasn't that around the same time Phoebe Cates had her, like, peak? No, Like, Phoebe dude. Cates was before Alyssa Milano. I know that. No, because she was, uh, like, 1994 was her, one of her last films that she did. I forget what it was called. It was Princess something. And Princess Caribou, right? And that was it. She she had gotten married to okay. Kevin Klein. Okay. They had had kids, and then she was like, "I want to be a mom," and that was it. She had done Gremlins. She had done Gremlins to Gremlins was nineteen eighty four, but the movie that made her was I think it was nineteen eighty two or mm-hmm. I think it was eighty two. Was Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah, High? Absolutely. The pool scene, and that was the moment for a lot of people. But then we're talking about Embrace of the Vampires, nineteen ninety three. Doom Generation, gotcha. I think, is nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety six. Eliza um, Cuthbert. Oh, she never. She didn't do any of the topless stuff. Mm. I don't remember her doing that. Not in she, any mainstream she stuff. She didn't. But honestly, uh, I think what was it? Um, the girl next door mm-hmm. was definitely a tribute to mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. She didn't do it, but that sure. was like it was a play the, on the that move. Yeah, it definitely yeah. was. Yeah. Right. I think. I think that whole thing kind of fell by the wayside a little bit um just because it was it was very big in 80s horror and mm-hmm. less so today what's interesting actually is we're let, let's segue into wrong turn from here okay <laughs> we took a wrong turn oh god well, i see what you did wrong turn is one of those films that unlike the rest of the series doesn't really have any nudity in it no there's there's some sexual innuendo and like, I, you know, I guess she gives uh, her boyfriend a blowjob because they talk about it in the beginning. So there's, yeah, it's she, alluded she, she, that it could she happen. She said, get those pants off. Yeah. So, you know, something happened during this time, but they're not showing stuff and they're not getting gratuitous with it mm-hmm. as they do in all like the later films. This movie is straight up like. We're going to show you a bunch of effect stuff. We're going to get straight to it. Mm-hmm. It's very like Pumpkinhead, actually. When yeah, you, when okay. you about it. That Stan Winston connection really holds true, even though Stan Winston didn't direct this. Mm-hmm. He had a major influence on making sure that the three hillbilly main characters mm-hmm. stood out. That was his main focus, was... Yeah. Uh, himself and his studios like really making sure that that effects work was like top notch Mm -hmm. and having Julian Richings as three finger 
is is pure gold because he's such a Gooley good actor. Richings was is like one of my favorite character actors. He's iconic for Cube, The Witch, Urban Legend. He's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, he now. was the he was like the creepy janitor, the weird janitor guy in Urban Legend. Yep. Nice. So we got Stan Winston. Basically, it, it is essentially almost like his follow up to Pumpkinhead in a way. Uh, it's very short, very similar in that way. It hyped up that it was going to be uber violent, and it's not. It's got some violence and some gore in it, but it's very, very tame. And three, the focus, that's the creature effects. The the focus are these hillbillies and the way that their characters are and the way they move and the way they portray these, um, these hillbillies in the same way that what mattered in Pumpkinhead was the creature and the way the creature moved and how it had to look realistic and, and very imposing and that's the focus and you can tell that that's what they've put into this the deaths are just there they have oh we have to have deaths all right here's what we'll do we'll have one set piece death that we show in the trailer and uh then then we'll just sprinkle in some quick kills for the rest the intro kills the uh the two climbers the guy gets to the top and he's like come on come on come on and then you don't hear anything else from him uh, his partner's like, hey, pull me up. I need some help. Nothing's going on. You don't hear anything. And then she starts to get yanked around. And all you hear is this this maniacal laughter. I think that's what caught me more than anything else was what ends up being uh, Three Fingers just like running through the trees and just laughing like a hyena. Whoa, this may get nuts. It's like the siren song of the entire film is that laugh, and I love that laugh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, Kelly, how many of these have you seen? You know, I'm ashamed to admit I've only seen the first two. That's great. Mm-hmm. You should stop there. And here's <laughs> why. And it's okay. it's. I was I was uh, I had talked about this before before we started recording. The issue that I have with Julian Richings doing three finger in this is that he's so good is that any performance afterwards is a bastardization on the character. And it is apparent in every subsequent sequel after even kind of in the second one that insane laughter becomes parody of itself. And it is less of the way Julian Richings does it. There's glee in what he's doing. Mm hmm. But at the same time, it's this very tortured person, and he's really able to portray this character in a layered way, and Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. I think everybody does their role very well, and I think the the issue I have is I wanted wanted more out of this first film so that subsequent subsequent sequels had more of a roadmap to go off of instead of going in wherever wherever the hell they wanted to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. This it, it it did seem like a by the end of it, like reviewing it, almost like a watered down base for for them to move on from. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was fun, especially the first time I I saw it was with mm-hmm. um, a really good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and just sitting there and enjoying it, not knowing what we were seeing. We just happened upon this movie and it was just like, wow, that was actually really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back on it, it's just like some some of the execution, like again, the concept is really, really awesome, but the execution for it was not not there at all. One thing I will commend it on is that uh, the pacing, something I noticed upon this reviewing with my husband was like, it's over already. And then I looked it up and I'm like, yeah, it's an hour and 24 minutes, but mm-hmm. it flies by. Like, I, I have to admire the pacing. I, I like I like how 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 tight mostly it, it is mm-hmm. that it like you kind of just aside from like the intro stuff and meeting uh, one of the main characters as soon as you jump into the action, it kind of just keeps you there. Mm-hmm. I did. I did really enjoy that. The pacing of this is is solid. It does something that a lot of horror movies don't do. It throws you in with this character, where all of a sudden, within a few minutes, he's off the main road. You know, he's. Uh, we're introduced to Chris, and you know, he's he's has to go to this interview or whatever. He's going to be late. And he decides he's listening to the radio and it even says in this area, people have been disappearing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'm going to flip that radio off. All right. I'm not going to follow like any other ways down the road. I'm going to go the other way and down some like random ass roads. And then he just basically every, every chance he has to not go down this road, he just ignores the guys like, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't go down that path. It hasn't been paved or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. I'm going to be honest with you, too. The um, the ga- the gas station attendant sitting there with his fake teeth and sipping on like Pepto-Bismol. He was <laughs> he was one of my favorite parts of this movie because he mm-hmm. felt like a character that would be there. We pulled up to this gas station. They have rows of cars, junkers for sale and the areas that are not. Like- they're not junkers, dude. That's the thing is that these cars are all in pretty good condition right? at this place. And you're like, all right, how, the, how are you going to sell these off? And as we go through the movie, you just keep finding more and more cars on this Absolutely. that are abandoned. And these kids, it takes the third time that they find the cars because they already know that these are cannibalistic killers to realize, oh, no. What have we gotten ourselves into? This has been going on for so long. I want to circle back to the gas station guy because I have questions. Okay, Okay, so when we first see him, as you said, he's sitting there, he's drinking his Pepto. My first thought was, why do you need Pepto? Were you in on that kill? Did you kill one of those hikers? Is your stomach upset due to cannibalism? Are you related to them? And then at the end, when they come back, he sees that yellow truck. He knows who it is, and he hides. Like, he knows I, who that yellow truck belongs I to. I figure this guy is the harbinger. Mm, yeah. If yeah. you know what I'm talking about. It's like he's he's kind of like the waypoint saying, it's like, if you continue down this road, yeah. you're about to get messed up. Exactly. But as we're, as we're going through with this guy, he obviously is going to know that these people exist and all this stuff is going on, especially when you realize how many cars are gone. And the fact is he is selling these cars. So he yeah. has a deal with them. There's yeah, money yeah. involved. Is, Remember, yeah, I consider he's, like, he's working with this, with these. People. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. He's in on it. Like the Hills. Have eyes, except I don't know if yes. it's their dad, but yeah. 
Well, cannibals need goods, right? They they need to get it from somewhere, <laughs> yeah. and you see that they do have stuff that they just didn't make. They had to have gotten yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, if this guy has his shop and everything, that's probably how they're able to do it. He gets the cars, he sells those. That's how he gets money from it. They also steal all the stuff, as you see later, um, and keep all of it. Yeah, it's very much an amalgamation of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. Meets some like, well, not even, well, yeah, Deliverance because it's West Virginia. Um, I, mean, I mean, I would just say it's like it is The Hills Have Eyes, just in a different location. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except we're we're not talking about radioactive. Uh, right. I mean, characters. but they do go they do go through like the intro mm-hmm. montage for the credits goes through all sorts of like paper clippings and studies about like genetic mutations and things like yes. this. So yes. it's like some it seems like something to that effect may be going on. It's not well like there's also inbreeding. Yeah, they they talk about the incest in those clippings. One thing I like about those clippings is a lot of times extra exposition can slow down the pacing. It can slow down the film, but they get it out of the way in the intro and yeah. just a visual montage, which I really thought yeah. was clever. You know, to me, I I was kind of hoping, though, that those first two kills would have been. Even the first four kills that we would have seen more. Mm, Yeah, yeah, I didn't. uh, Honestly, the um, the aside from the uh, the three fingers uh, cackling through the trees, I thought the first two kills were like inconsequential. They were not memorable, memorable to me at all. I did. I was like, I could have. Completely done without that. It's it's generic opening kills that are put in there because all the focus is given to one or two key things in the film, mm-hmm. which are your uh, your mutants in this, your your cannibalistic hillbilly mutants, and some CG in it. Really, I think it went to the the combo practical CG axe kill. Uh, that happens about mm-hmm. two-thirds of the way into the film. That's part of why this is an issue. It's the same reason that I don't like films like Ghost Ship, with which Desmond Harrington was also in, mm-hmm. and 13 Ghosts wasn't a huge fan of. It's because they are half-measure movies. Mm-hmm. They are willing to do some brutal stuff, but then they always kind of just there's some light kills in there. They pull their punches here or pull their punches there. And you're yeah. thinking, wait, isn't this supposed to be you hyped wrong turn up as the next level of brutality and this yeah. insane film when it came to the trailers? I'm talking about like, that like was this the is marketing. too scary. Yeah. For, yeah. The marketing was, this is too scary for, to show you all of this in the trailers and everything. And then you see it and it's very much not. It, yeah. You can say you can handle it. It's fine. Can I tell you my biggest gripe with the film? Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. The character Carly. <laughs> oh my god! The entire movie, I am watching Elton from Clueless's love interest, and I'm just like, can we get her already? Like, I get that she's going through trauma, but she may be the most useful character in a film since Buttercup and Princess Bride. I can't. Yeah. Wait, you useless? said useful. You said useful. Useless. useless. Sorry, I meant useless. I no, no, it's fine. Useless. <laughs> See, we know we we know what you meant because it's like she could have been like she could have been like a super strong character because of the di- dynamic between 
her and uh, her boyfriend, which was played mm-hmm. by Jeremy Sisto, she was like, she seemed like the stronger of the two. Mm-hmm. Like every single time we saw them together, and she could have been, but mm-hmm. after he is uh, he is taken out in the movie, she completely just falls apart, which broke my heart a lot. Well, what's funny in this is that you can tell, I guess, who lives, because when you look at the credited cast, mm-hmm. Desmond Harrington plays Chris Flynn, Eliza Dushku plays Jesse Burlingame, and which then all of the other... Get, we never... How is that... It's like we never get her last name. Why is that? Why can't you just say Jesse? Why do you need that? It's a weird, it's a weird name, but here's, here's the best part. This is the part I'm getting at. Okay. Every other character doesn't have a last name. (gasps) What? Yeah. Every character, they are the only two characters in the movie who have a last name. There's Carly, Scott, Evan, Francine, three fingers, sawtooth, one eye. Um, the people who get killed in the beginning is like Haley, Rich, there's Trooper, Old Man, and Trucker. Wow. So they're the only they're characters like, who have They're really letting you know. Well, and then you get you get Jesse in her, uh, we're hanging out under a waterfall, so let me give you some sort of backstory that we're going to say is character exposition. I, it's not I told you before character we started, development. I had such an issue with that. It's trickle down character exposition. It's really, really leaning on it. God damn. <laughs> you know, I I'm biased because, like Jeremy, I too have a really like great association with my first time viewing it. I was in yeah. college. It was my sophomore year. I was with my best friend at the time, and it was my first time playing Edward Forty Hands with two things. <laughs> And so it's Halloween of all things, and we're getting ready oh, to go to God, a party, yeah. and this is our pregame, and we're oh, just God, you know dead. drunk, yelling at the screen. That's what you get, Elton from Clueless, just like having the best time. Well, <laughs> see, okay, all of this makes sense then. Now, <laughs> as we're going through, the, like when I was watching the movie, all I kept thinking was. These are the dumbest people who have ever been put into a horror movie who oh, are no, making were, the dumbest, dumbest choices. They were all dumbest. Rock. I, I mean, first off, the one guy goes off and I guess dies because he loses an ear. <laughs> it's like, so he's. I can't hear you. Oh, I'm dead. Oh, and a shoe. He lost a shoe and lost an ear, which must mean he's dead. And and, yep. and so we're like the kid who was in Air Bud. In the first four of them, he's like, "All I know how to deal with is gold, golden retrievers. I'm dead." Maybe he like maybe Airbud saved him. Airbud <laughs> didn't no, save him because we see him fall out of a truck later, and he's Dude, very much dead. Yeah, I forgot that his body falls out of the truck <laughs> later in the movie. You ruined my fantasy. I ruined your. You're the one who recommended this movie, <laughs> saying, "Oh, this is this is a you know a film that's near and dear to my heart that I enjoy." It is. It is. And okay. you don't know that he falls out of the truck. I forgot. I focused on Eliza Dushku. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. 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 But again, Fair. it's like that. Just that just goes to show, like, because Eliza Dushku's character, like every frame you see her in you see the wheels turning she is thinking and trying to figure out the situation like why am i in this movie what did my this guy was in Air Buds. 
I don't know what I'm doing here. Well, so like the interesting part <laughs> part about about uh, Airbud Kid, uh, Kevin Ziegers <laughs> and Lindy <laughs> Booth, is they play boyfriend and girlfriend in this. Yep. But they both end up appearing in 2004's Dawn of the Dead remake, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool as well. I did. I did like that. Yeah. That's a great. I did, film. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I do yeah. like that as a as a Zack Snyder film, surprisingly. <laughs> so good point. When Lindy Booth ends up um getting killed or biting the big one, which is razor wire that if you've seen the behind the scenes stuff for this, you know they use rubber for it. Yeah. And after seeing how that looks and seeing the final product, I was like, Oh, this makes a lot of sense. It doesn't look yeah. great. And it's such a quick death. But we've lost four characters at this point. Mm-hmm. Three have happened off screen. Yeah, and no, absolutely. One has kind of happened on screen for a couple of seconds. Yeah. I, d- I did. I honestly, it's like, I mean, leading into it, the first two you don't see, or the first three you don't see, mm-hmm. and then somebody comes up behind her and like garrots are right in the mouth with um with barbed wire. It's like I actually thought that was all right. I was like, cool. <laughs> you know, it would be here's the thing, it would be all right if we had a, a higher body count and there was more to this movie. Sure. To me it was jarring because your expectations are so low of seeing the deaths on screen because you don't see the three deaths. And then all of a sudden, you get this really violent, sudden thing, and I was like, ooh. It, it, yeah, even even for being, yeah. like, a few seconds, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think I was more interested in, like, the uh, the road trap that they had left uh, the barbed wire mm. on the road tied to a tree. Yeah, and I And that's do how like you come the across idea. these people, and that's the first thing you realize is, like, Hey, we blew out our tire. How'd you do that? Well, Somebody left barbed wire on the road. It's like, which first off seems weird, but if you think about it, you know, in West Virginia, it's like maybe it could happen. But then well, Chris, Chris ruins everything by crashing into him, right? Like, oh he, no, yeah, absolutely. Been... Because because he was looking at a deer. I was I was thinking the like the fifteen seconds before when he was not looking at the road, trying to pick a CD off of the off of the floor that his player had spit out like like a rocket. <laughs> it's like, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this. Just leave it on the floor. You know, and then like 10 seconds later, he, he said, oh, there's a deer on the road. And he checks in his rearview mirror, and then there's the car, and he immediately crashes into it, which is probably like the most intense thing in the entire movie, I want to be honest it's, with it's very It's very stupid, because if he had not done that and stopped his car like a normal person right. and, and and watched the road, he could have said, oh, your tires are popped. Someone had barbed wire in the road. Well, my tires are not. Get in my car with me and let's go the other way because now this seems <laughs> a little dangerous. Let's go. Hey, girl this that I just met, there's, there's how many of you? Five? Well, I make six. Ooh, we can get together now. Like, come on, this could have worked out for everybody and, and been like a nice they little could, fun romp. They could have gotten back on the highway. They could yeah. have gotten to Raleigh, which is where he was shooting for. They could have had a fun time, had a party, pop some drinks, you know, do some whatever. 
I I have two other things with this scene that bother me. Okay, I don't know if any of y'all have been to West Virginia, but doing archaeology like I did for a while, seeing a dead deer on the side of the road in West Virginia, you're going to see that like every five miles. It is not rare. So the fact that that caught his attention and he thought that was an oddity says a lot. And a second thing is when they do talk about running over that tire, they're like, that's Southern hospitality. As Virginians, we all know West Virginia isn't part of the damn South. Don't lump them in with us. They're West Virginia. Nobody wants that. <laughs> All right. Uh, honestly, living, Fair, living, in, living in Southern Virginia, you see <laughs> a dead deer every three miles or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's. I guess I don't drive around there all the time to see dead deer on the side of the road. That's not I mean, what I do. I might it's like I mean, I know I'm, I'm, in Virginia, I'm in Virginia Beach now, so I don't make it to Chesapeake as often. But if I go. If I go home to see mom and dad, it's like, you know, it's like, let's take a count. One, two. Okay, guys, guys, what what is wrong with you? Anyway. We're people of the world, Rob. <laughs> you just like to look at dead things, which is, is okay, <laughs> I guess. It's okay, right? I mean, I because don't, we're doing this. Well, right? don't don't crash your car when you're looking at these dead things True. like Desmond I do, Harrington does. I do does. keep spatial awareness of where I am on the road. True. I actually well, have a ton you, of animal bones. This... <laughs> I do. I want to know where you get them from. Uh, So (laughs) with Desmond Harrington being as dumb as he is. Oh, yeah, is that good? All of the, honestly, all of these characters to me, I am genuinely surprised that anybody survives this movie. Mm. Because when they end up in that cabin and they find at first they takes them forever to find body parts when they decide to leave their friends to get murdered uh and the rest of them decide yeah. that they're just going to walk around oh this, look this, all this these cars. really this really weird like Goldilocks and the three bears moment Let, let's just look in and let's go in this house here what's going on yeah what's what's that about you see a creepy cabin and your first thing is to go look hey, at let's it let's go inside maybe they have a phone it's like they don't no, no. Guys, you're ignoring you're ignoring the biggest part of this. Mm. What? All the cars that they walk mm. by. Absolutely. We had to deal with the cars already at the station. Yeah. Weird. If they've listened to the radio and heard people were disappearing. Well, and you know Desmond Harrington was, but then he turned it off because he can't be bothered. He, said, he has to listen to whatever shitty CD that his radio doesn't like. Early 2000s uh, dude, rock. Uh, dude, he was listening to Queens of the Stone Age. Was he? <gasps> was he? I didn't even realize that. That's the worst uh-huh. I've ever heard them. Okay. It was, the first al- <laughs> it, was, it was the first album. Okay. 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 All right. Wow. I'll have to go back and listen to that because I did not realize. <laughs> I did not recognize him at all. That is so funny. Anyway. So... <clears throat> Guys, you guys, you guys need to learn to have some have some respect. <laughs> God's sake! It was Queens of the Stone Age. For fuck's sake! Speaking of respect, it's Eliza Dushku, not douche. She's not a douche. She makes you want to does things to her. So Eliza Dushku, not douche I I do I do apologize. That's okay. I, yeah, I, so I dush apologize. So Eliza <laughs> Eliza Dushku. God, uh, <laughs> he's the host. He can do that. A girl and Emmanuel Shikri. I don't or she. I I guess that's how I don't know how to say her name properly. Here's the thing: on this show, 
I never say names properly. Do you know why? Because um, I'm bad at them. <laughs> I, was just, I was thinking something much more abrasive was about to happen. It was like, I don't know. Because it's my <laughs> fucking show. No, Jesus. Say your no. name whichever way I want. It's not that. I'm not that aggressive <laughs> with it. Uh, look, Wrong Turn is it's a stupid, fun movie. Yeah. I mean, you get a trooper who appears for half a second just to get an arrow through the eye. I mean, the, the the state trooper got such a better death than Jeremy Sisto with the arrows. That was the most <laughs> underwhelming thing. But Three also, that was back, like yeah. the saddest death for me. I liked his character. Yeah. And then he gets this real, like, it almost like like somber send off. Like he takes mm -hmm. takes three arrows to the back. All you you don't see anything at first. All you hear is like the impact mm -hmm. of the first two arrows, and he slows down. As it's like he's right there. Mm -hmm. You know, he is may, may, uh, yeah. maybe thirty feet away from the truck, and he starts slowing down. All you hear is is the thump. And then the third arrow goes, like, through him, and you realize, oh, this guy's done. Well, I mean, I figured, you know, getting shot in the back with an arrow to begin with kind of takes you out of the game. Sure. Um, especially when this guy is good with a bow and arrow. That, that was another note. It's like, these guys are mm -hmm. hunters. These guys are skilled. Yeah. Skilled riflemen, skilled, uh, skilled, bow, skilled bow, bowmen. Is that how you say it? Yeah, mm -hmm. a, skill, a skilled archer. Skilled archer. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, these guys, it's like when they lat, like, latch on to a scent, these guys chase it down. Mm -hmm. Another thing, it's like you are on their turf. To get out of this alive will be challenging. So I did, I did appreciate that. I like that. Like They definitely don't have Stormtrooper aim. Like, they are just... <laughs> It's like every shot they take. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing about this one is, take. I will say, uh, in all the subsequent sequels, the deaths do get more elaborate and more complicated. The second one is a lot of fun, being that it is directed by Joe Lynch. Yeah. And they hit you with the most intense gore right off the bat in the first scene of yeah, absolutely. cutting a former American Idol contestant in half with an axe after ripping her jaw off. It is glorious, and it's a lot of practical effects. Yes, there's some CG in there, but this is also the tipping point for the series because then it just becomes about comical deaths yeah. and ridiculousness, kind of in the same way of, what is it, 10,000 uh, 10, Maniacs or 10,001 Maniacs, the one that Robert England ended up doing? Oh, Rob Zombie directed that, yeah. No. House of, that's House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it is 10,000 um, Maniacs. Oh, no, yeah. 10,000 Maniacs is a band. That's Natalie Merchant's band from the early 90s, guys. Well, what the fuck yeah. movie? <laughs> I got it. I don't know. Hold on. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, he did 2001 Maniacs. All right. Gotcha. 2001. Yeah, because it was 2000 Maniacs, and then he did 2001 Maniacs. I don't know where I went with the other stuff. I, I uh, do it, remember 2001 Maniacs. I don't remember the yeah. original one. 
I saw 2001 Maniacs. I thought it was fun. I, it's, I love but Robert England. It's but, it, but it's stupid, right? And no, we're absolutely. talking about it's, yeah, 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 it's very because it's ba- it follows the Herschel Gordon Lewis uh, 2000 Maniacs. Yeah. And it is just gore for gore's sake and just cheesy and dumb. That is basically what every single sequel after the second one is gotcha. for this series. It's just coming up with some random, crazy, weird deaths with weird contraptions or whatever and then getting to the point where it's silly and comical and absurd this first one despite the fact that it is not the best movie <laughs> by any stretch i appreciate the seriousness yeah. of it it doesn't play this for laughs it definitely makes these characters mm-hmm. the villains stand out as very terrifying villains you don't want to come up against these guys Absolutely. At all. Feel about three fingers tongue clicking because I really enjoyed that when he comes up and he sees a human, he's like, very, very predator. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it was great. And that's so Mm -hmm. that's the thing that in the other films, it's not as you're dealing with an actor like Julian Richards, classically Mm -hmm. trained. He's very, very good at embodying this character. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. So he's giving these personal characteristics and these personal tics and stuff to him that no other actor is going to do. So that's why it's such a definitive version of Three Finger. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I yeah, I, I like what he does with him. Well, no, no, yeah, the, the, there's definitely just like Ellie. I I stopped at number two. I didn't continue on, but yeah, uh, Three Fingers was my favorite of the brothers. I was a little bummed out that they didn't focus more on uh, One Eye. Mm. Um, they got, uh, yeah, Three Fingers and what was the bigger brother, the Archer? Saw? I Saw thought One Eye was the Archer. Sawtooth. Sawtooth. Yeah, Three Fingers and Sawtooth we saw a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, one eye we didn't get so much of until like right before he was killed off mm-hmm. towards well, the end, like at the very end killed, killed off like we don't even know killed, if any of them are really off. really dead, dead the only know? one that we know that is not dead at the end of this movie is three fingers mm-hmm. yeah by the end yeah three finger is still very much alive I love how bird-like his character looks. Too. I did like that too because that is mm-hmm. so terrifying. Yeah, especially just like getting—we didn't get like very clear shots of their faces until at least halfway mm-hmm. into this movie and and beyond. We didn't see um, a clear shot of Three Fingers' face until we had the whole uh, the whole uh, tree tree chase scene mm-hmm. where where they leave the uh, the watchtower. And jump into the trees and try to escape. That's the first time we get like a real super solid shot mm-hmm. of any of the brother faces. We do have one pretty clear shot um, when they're escaping the house after they had to hide out till the brothers fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And we get a shot of uh, Sawtooth mm-hmm. when they're like they're leaving. Like all of them have escaped, and Desmond sitting there holding the uh, the spring on the door and he looks back and Sawtooth's one eye is awake. Like he's awake and looking at him. And he's like, oh shit, and runs. And then yep. that starts the whole like 
wood chase scene. Something I noticed when they were in the cabin, because mm-hmm. um, you were just talking about the cabin, when they were looking at all the items in the mm-hmm. basement, in the music box, it very much reminded me of that scene in Cabin in the Woods, when they were yeah. kind of choosing their own destiny down to the music box in the ballerina. And I was like, I wonder if this was inspired by this little scene, considering it's Joss Whedon and Eliza Dushku's in it, and there's that connection. Or Drew Goddard, I guess. There's a Buffy connection. Probably mm-hmm. not, but that's where my brain was. I mean, I would... I would... Definitely think that's uh that would be a for real thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I felt the same way, like that whole like like abandoned house and everybody's looking through all the stuff. I definitely got that whole cabin in the woods vibe. Like if they had picked something else, would the big bad have changed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're still getting killed by a bunch still of cannibal <laughs> hillbillies. Richard Jenkins <clears throat> still not gonna save them. Oh. So with these cannibal hillbillies Here's my here's one of my major issues with this movie, Kelly. I I hate to say it, but when they're okay. when they're in the when they're in the cabin, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna focus. This was your choice, so this is where I'm I'm focusing this. <laughs> I more. asked you guys, and they're like, "You pick," and I'm like, "Okay." Oh, yeah. I'm no, 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 no. I'm not I'm not being I'm not being hyperly critical. I just want to have a I want to have this conversation with okay. you because okay. Jeremy and I talked about this before. They are in this cabin. They're hiding when they're fr- when the hillbillies come back and they drop the dead friends in there and they start hacking them up. And then these hillbillies decide to take a nap. So it's time for them to get out. There are weapons hanging all over this place. These people are asleep. There are four of them. They could each, before they even get to that, we get the shittiest look through the keyhole scene that's trying to emulate Texas Chainsaw Massacre or foreshadow the death that's going to happen later in the film by doing a very close up into the eye, uh, which looks like a really bad green screen that's poorly lit behind a door, uh, a keyhole in a, in a closet door or something. It's absurd and dumb. I wish they had done something different and just done a close up of the eye and done it practically without any of that. Beside the point, here is their opportunity to grab the machetes that are there and the axes off the wall and hack these motherfuckers up to bits just like they did to their friend. There are four of them, there are three of these hillbillies, and they could grab the stuff and have an axe in their heads immediately. This movie could be over. They could pick one of the cars from the fancy keys. They got a BMW key, I think, in there, so they could be like, ooh, let's see if this has gas in it. Boom, we just got a BMW. Let's be honest. We've already discussed like two or three opportunities where they could have done that. There's so many opportunities where they could have turned the tide, but then we wouldn't have a film, Rob. If they had common sense, we wouldn't have a film. Yeah, but we could have we could have had a smarter one. No, oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, I thought that too when they were leaving the cabin this time. I was like, yeah, they could have done so. Why? Why not? Like Carly at the radio station says. Or at the tower when she's on the radio, it's like, where are you? I don't know. Come save us. Oh, I hated that. Gotta so hate much. her. I what? Hate it's that. like, oh. what do you mean? Just come save you. We need to know where you are. Oh, where are you? <laughs> they would have had such there's... a better chance if they just killed the bitch. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I cannot stand Carly. I'm sorry. Car- Carly, well, I, I, yeah, Carly was something else. Like the uh, the back and <laughs> forth with her character, like she was strong, and then Scott dies, and then she falls apart, 
and then somewhere like right before she dies like she finds like more strength like to go on and like to try to survive and then just inevitably spoiler alert dies what <laughs> oh you didn't you did oh that's right rob didn't watch the movie I've Kelsey seen the movie, seat. and obviously, look, if we, if anybody has seen the trailer to this, you basically <laughs> see an axe go into her face. They just cut yeah. the shot like half a second before, almost like they do in the movie, to then do the close-up of yeah. her face, to then go into CG head as her CG body falls like Daredevil in Mark Stephen Johnson's 2003 Daredevil adaptation. Oh, do you remember that? The same year, huh? Yeah. yeah. There's, some, there's some correlations here, I think. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, which I did, honestly, like, especially the first time I saw it and looking, like, doing the review, um, I did like that. I like that effect. They chopped her off, like, right at the mouth, and her body... Oh, I love the kill. And, and the, the top of her head stays mm. on, on the axe. I thought that was awesome, and I laughed. And enjoy every single time I see it. I did. I, I I was just so happy she was dead. Like, I don't care how it happened. I was just so relieved. It's like, good. Now they finally have a chance, maybe. Well, okay. Uh, the, the, the whole tower thing is like, look, they found this tower. Mm-hmm. Don't turn the radio on, first off, because it makes noise. Secondly, don't crack a glow stick right away. Like, what are you right. doing? That's that light. Harley. They start, she's just like cracking glow sticks. It's like, we partying, bitches. Well, she doesn't say we're partying. I mean, she's not she a does, partier. I know she doesn't say that, but I mean, it's like. Well, she is, but a, not it's now. A, it's a dead, oh, it's yeah. a dead giveaway. See, it's like you're all in the well, dark. The, fir- the first sign of light. It's like they're going to see that. That's not even why they. Is werewolf in Paris? Are we having a race? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God, no. I saw that in theaters. quit. Oh, what it's terrible, right? It was so it's bad. Very bad. The werewolf transformation. I'm like, American what is werewolf? this garbage? I mean, I mean, if you're trying to like pay homage to like one of the greatest like body transformations in 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 history, and that's what you're gonna come up with, it's like you should be ashamed. That CGI. That CGI is atrocious. It's it's ridiculously awful. This is this is better. They knew how to light it because they went with a lot of shadow and stuff. So obviously, it was cool watching her body hit the branches on the way down, and then seeing the head just there and him pulling the axe and then mm-hmm. the head falling away. I like that, but that seemed to be the money shot. That was the one that they really storyboarded was, yeah. out and took that their time was, yeah. with. And I feel like it's the same thing with the eye. Is that that's kind of why they did it with the door that way earlier was to give you a parallel. And I don't care. Don't do that. <laughs> you could have done it differently. You could have done it better. Yeah. yeah exactly. A hundred percent. Take some time. Think it out. Just think it out. Well, here's they, they. You know, they had time. They had a budget. We're also talking about people who are in the business, and they're working on deadlines to get stuff done. People who, you know are fans of it or want it to be different, like we, we're going to think a little differently than they are. We're not going to think of the same things of having to hit deadlines or this, that, or the other and having to cut corners at the end of the day sometimes, you know? 
Yeah. yeah. So we um, didn't, we don't want to see that. We're not going to think that way. But of course, we're not under the same pressures. And also, it, it depends on what the kills are going to be and what you're dealing with with the MPAA. So in 2003, the sensors were much higher <laughs> than they are now. I think in the early 2000s they cracked down heavily. They really did. Yeah. High tension. The oh. American version is completely just trimmed down to nothing. The R-rated mm. version is just butchered down. <laughs> uh, and the <laughs> movie itself, the R-rated, the unrated, is extremely brutal and violent. Yeah. And then we got this French new wave extremism that started to go with these more unrated films that would come out on, like, Dimension Extreme or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because you got to see these foreign films that started to expand it out and take it further. The problem with early 2000s horror is we're still dealing with studio-driven horror. Mm-hmm. Like House of Wax and all these other right. films putting like it, it will you know it's it's all these parameters put on stuff and I think the closest to getting out of that is wrong turn but mm-hmm. solely due to putting Stan Winston in there and then casting actors as your as your you know mutant hillbillies who took the roles seriously, absolutely yeah, no true. I never thought about that, but that's a really good point. Sorry, I'm looking up something. <laughs> like you honestly, the genetic operas in 2008 because I was thinking that was from the time that same time frame, and it is so gory. But that's from the late 2000s, so never mind. Was that is that that was 2008, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. I love that. Well, so also we're dealing. So there's there's stuff that you could get away with, like the Saw films were getting away with a lot of gore and being very very extreme. But for some reason, slasher films were still trying to pull their punches because they're going for more of a teen demographic, even though they're rated R. Yeah, and so it needs to appeal more to people who would watch, let's say, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where she was huge and just getting off of that series is faith right yes so <laughs> and and she had just finished she had done angel as well yeah so she's doing a lot of stuff there no dollhouse yet yeah no not not yet um but you you have people who have been in a few things you have the kid who was in air bud right so he's transitioning <laughs> i'm serious like he's transitioning no, 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 the main draw right there content. Yeah. Um, but he's transitioning into doing more adult content. And you're you're wanting to make sure that this film is going to get an R rating and end up in theaters because you're now focusing on, well, how can we make these hillbillies as creepy as possible mm-hmm. and not just make them generic? Because in a lot of the films where the gore is amped up during that period, the killers are just generic faceless things that you never really see or when you do. It's not really intense. And this, they focus on these when they, they, they you, you see the characters, not always their faces, but the way they move and how you hear them and just the vileness of it. And I think the ratings board at that time was probably so creeped out by that that in order to play it safe, and Stan Winston knows this from working through the 80s, uh, during like the height of the MPAA just coming in and deciding to destroy mm-hmm. all awesome uh, <laughs> everything you know action horror sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. I think that's where it was probably put in there to to try and play it as more of a thriller in the beginning 
Gotcha, yeah. It's like you're, you're, not, you're not that. seeing absolutely everything. It's like your your imagination you know, they're yeah. gonna let you play play with it as, as long as they can until yeah. they want to be like, hey, here it is. Let's get really like personal about this. Let's make you really like like get get right. you down right. in the guts about it. Even in the first scene when, you know, you there's the the deaths off camera, you know, mm-hmm. you don't even see them. You see the trees waving and the laugh like you were talking yeah. about. Which is my favorite part of that. And like the the two like zero connection to the two people who actually like two characters who actually died. It's like the only thing that they bring back about them is on the radio, which they could have just done without that intro. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, they find their climbing rope at some point too. Like you see it in where whatever their vehicle is when they go through the yeah. uh, car graveyard. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, a rope. Oh, the bone, the bone, the boneyard scene. I, I, I mean, here's like here's they should have searched through all these cars. They should have searched for survival stuff. They don't search mm-hmm. for anything. They don't take anything of any importance to survive with. Except they, sit, to, they sit there and like argue amongst leg. themselves until like. The brothers drive through in their truck. They're just arguing the entire time. Yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, they they could have also, you know, they know that these guys are in the truck and now following them. And it's like, well, they just left the cabin. Let's go back, get weapons and just like peace. You know, when you see that much stuff around there and how much stuff they had in their house, now they're realizing like, oh, no, our friends are dead. And there's all these cars. Wait, do you think that they've killed all these people. Like, that's the realization that they seem to have in that moment. Could it be the yeah. jar with all the upper human mandibles that they find? Could that be a clue? No. It might be. <laughs> it it, it might be a little something. bit of a clue. They're just targeting old people. I don't know. Well, they also find, they <laughs> also the, find the human meat. You know, they find a human hand. They find all that stuff. They freak out. I just don't understand why they just don't go and, and grab weapons and just massacre these these mutant hillbillies right away. It's To me, that's just poor writing, and that's part of the issue. Now, this is the same writer coming back for this new one that they're oh, doing yeah. uh, that comes out later this month. But having seen the trailer... The it, trailer it, does look solid. Gonna be it, Yeah. It looks like a direct follow-up to the original a la 2018's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that gives it a lot of potential. Now we can get more of a real backstory to it and write off the other ones as non-canon. Yeah. I'll still take Wrong Turn 2 any day. I, just... I, I, I liked Wrong Turn 2, but like after that one, I was definitely like, if they do another one, I'm not sure I can get behind it. And, and, I, and, then it's like, and I didn't when they came out with number three. I was just like, you know what? I'm good. You know, you get Henry Rollins in one of them. I was going to say, That's, how do you top him? You can't. You can't. can't. <laughs> I Rollins. hope he's in this. I hope he's in this new one. <gasps> that would be pretty just cool. Just like a actually. cameo. Three fingers better be in it. That's all I'm going to say. I, I think like. I think it's going back to that. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do it as a follow up. I I'm sure you'll see him as a cameo. Mm. Hopefully, they pay homage to the original and keep him all burned up, and he hasn't magically healed like in all the weird sequels or prequels. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, right. How that I all think works. One of them, I want to say like three or four was a prequel, right? Four is technically a prequel. Four, is yeah. A prequel. Okay. 
But I did like watching this new trailer and seeing that it looks like they're giving more time to these, like, the booby traps to keep people out of the area. Mm-hmm. That I do enjoy that because I did enjoy the uh, the barbed wire road trap, the uh, the bear traps everywhere in the original. You know, yeah. people actually saying it's like, hey, you need to look. It's like that was fortunate. It's like, hey, look out for these things, and they weren't. It's just happenstance. They triggered these things and didn't get hurt. Right, and in this one, just right off the bat in the trailer, they trigger a trap and. Someone does get hurt very, very badly. Yeah. I think this one should be exciting. It comes out uh, at the end of this month. Yeah, it looks it looks interesting. I mean, I'd give it a watch. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, 20 bucks to rent or something. I'll probably still rent it. I, I definitely want to see it. And I'm hoping that now that there aren't those same limitations that were in the early 2000s, we'll get a lot of gore. Maybe some nudity. You know, Rob, I always recommend things with nudity, so it broke the chain this time. <laughs> it did, it did, and I was like, mm, yeah, after, the, nudity after your time. last two episodes, <laughs> like, there's nothing in here for her to go on. Well, look, Night Killer was a, a different level for both of us. We didn't really know how far the stuff I, was going to go in Night Killer. I still have not watched that, and I really want... I, I have tomorrow off. I think I'm going to... I'm thinking I'm going to watch Night Killer. Well... Go to 2B TV and knock yourself out. Got excited. Um, Kelly, it's a wrong turn. Yes, wrong turn. So Eliza Dushku or whatever. <gasps> Yay. Yeah. She, <laughs> one of the biggest things with this film is that she is supposed to be the big bad, the badass hero of this film. She's introduced as like badass Jesse, and she doesn't really do much because she ends up the damsel in distress by the end of this and like desmond harrington who honestly he shouldn't really even be in this movie and he should have been killed off early kind of to pull the janet lee drew barrymore scream thing he actually should have been killed off as one of yeah one of the earlier deaths in it where you're like wait a sec what to build her up as like yeah no this is actually who this movie's about I would have loved to see him get killed at the gas station. That could have been a lot of fun. I wanted them to get introduced, though, mm, first. I terrible. think that there yeah. needs to be that introduction as the tie between the characters. Mm-hmm. Because if they, have the, if they have this tie between the two of them that way, then when you see him die out of the blue, you're like, wait a sec. Now I'm thrown for a loop. What is this movie? That's a good point. And we end up with a shock moment. Would you would you agree on that, Jeremy? Uh, yeah. Honestly, I would have traded him for taking Jeremy Sisto's death mm-hmm. and kept and kept Scott around. Would Scott have died later? Maybe, but I would have taken uh, Desmond getting that. Like he he tried to sacrifice himself. I think they should have let him. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Jeremy Sisto should have been the first one to run, and then Desmond been like, no, I got this. And oh, the classic military him. maneuver. Yeah, the classic <laughs> military maneuver, yeah. Um, you mean you mean someone plays bait? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so, it's... Uh, I, w- I, w- I definitely would have taken the death swap there. I, I would have actually changed some of the deaths in this anyway. And okay. 
I would have kept Francine, uh, you know, uh, Lindy Booth's character, mm-hmm. um, and Evan, uh, Kevin Seeger's character alive mm-hmm. longer. I would have had them have proper deaths. Maybe, maybe Desmond being after he meets them, after he crashes into them, being the first to go. Maybe I, I, that that's a little more tricky. I mean, even mm-hmm. going back further, because I would think about how we would open this film. Sure. Uh, and I think having them get to the they're doing their climbing, having them get to the top and then she can't find her fiance or boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she has to go searching and she finds him just being massacred or, or his body. Mm-hmm. And then having her running through the woods, trying to get out and ending up maybe back at that cliff or having to try and belay down or something like that. But dealing with more in the environment, keeping it where mm-hmm. now we're having a chase scene where she doesn't really see what's going on, but she knows that he's dead and we build up this tension and we build up this dread a little more. Mm-hmm. And we gotcha. hear the laughter in the background. And and obviously her falling off of that rock and like seemingly not even being hurt. Yes, what's that about? Like just she hits the ground and she is up and looking around and sees her dead her dead partner there. I was just like like not even a pause. Like, you don't even get, like, a blackout and, like, some time has gone by or anything. It's like that. No, well, she also that. gets dragged off screen like every other death. It's just, yeah. where, are they dragging, where are they dragging you to? Through the rocks? Honestly, I just, I would have been happy if, like, if she fell and then, Jen, boom, to black. That was it. You didn't see anything else happen with any bodies. I would have been okay with that. That's what if she doing? fell into Sawtooth's arms or something? He's just waiting. He's got like, oh, one of the caught, like one of the brothers caught her. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> cool. Like drags her like sack of potatoes, you know, screaming. I would like that. You just see, you just see that face. Yeah, I'm all about that. I think, I think you got something right? there, Kelly. Oh, yeah, he would catch her, and then he could just kill her however he wants to. Then, and then you see like. Like parts of her, like they get into the home and you see parts of her. Mm-hmm. That'd have been all right. Well, yeah. Pieces of her. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it's not a terrible movie. It's a fun movie, but the characters in it are the dumbest characters ever. Yeah, you just team, don't jump out of a like, tower. They're not teenagers, like people, man. What everyone they're, calls they're not. They're not. They're what are they like out of college now? That's what I'm, I'm the, assuming. He's like college age. But yeah. honestly, it's like they're 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 apparently they haven't learned anything ever at all because they have zero common sense. One of my favorite things is like Jesse, aka Eliza, is like, "Let's go to the highest ridge," which actually isn't a bad idea because then you can see everything. And then she's like, "And we'll take that slope." They're trying so hard to make her sound like she knows what she's right. doing. I mean, but honestly, it's like she they make they play her as. She knows what's going on. The mm-hmm. first time you see her, the first time you hear her voice, she's like, it's like, that wasn't on accident. I found I found this tied around mm-hmm. this tree over there, talking about it's like there was an end of the barbed wire that they had run over mm-hmm. tied around a tree that they had passed. Mm-hmm. So it's so like this she's is where... the one looking at this stuff. She's the one with the gears turning. Well, this is where I was hoping it would go the um, 
I mean, this movie came out afterwards, but the Your Next route. Yeah. To be able, if she has training, you know, she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's dealt with this type of situation before. She's grown up, in, you know, with like survivalist family. So she knows what she's that that I'm a hundred percent down with what we sure. got. Felt no, like, like lazy writing. They they played her off as, as tough and the smartest in the room, and then they softened her up. The whole the whole waterfall scene breaking down about like her breakup and stuff, and then the very next scene they wake up and they she gets captured. And not not just this guy who they've turned into a hero. He has been wounded. So he is like super extra tough now having to go in and and save her was just like gross. Would he have been walking that well after getting shot in the goddamn leg? No, he got he got he got a rifle. I mean, even if it's like an in and out wound, he yeah. was just a flesh wound, no. Absolutely so- not. Desmond Harrington actually broke his ankle during that, but not that ankle. It was the opposite one. What? So you're watching him walk around with an actual broken ankle, I guess in its own cast or boot, on top of having Having to play that that leg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He's a. He now I have more respect for Desmond Harrington. Who knew? Yeah. (laughs) I. I still. The guys. What. 15 feet away from the thing at the end when he shoots the gas tank. Oh, that one. Oh, my that God. Took like, they both would have been dead. They both the sideways explode. Yeah. The sideways explode. Hey, this thing blew up and I shot off sideways. Ugh, just died. Glad you got your one liner. Now you killed the both of you. Yeah, he was well, no, he didn't. Shooting those well, no, he didn't. Not in the mood, but it's like, realistically, it's like, come on now. The invisible shrapnel wall saved him. Sure. It caught all the shrapnel. That, that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you guys didn't catch that he made armor out of those mandibles like real quick. Yeah. All those Covered in teeth. <laughs> Wait. Is that a deleted scene? Does yes. he he just takes all the bones and makes bone armor? That's, that's it. Yeah. Totally. It's it's so metal. Oh man. It's like the major you know, bit all those bullets out of the sky. <laughs> you know, if this movie wanted to be batshit crazy, I would have liked there to be a character who's just like I'm gonna make bone armor. <laughs> make bone armor. And they just <laughs> all this stuff. I'm gonna make bone armor. Can you well, picture three thing. fingers in bone armor? That would be cool. That would be so badass. That would be cool. Like if one of the brothers, like they torture yeah. and kill and butcher all these people and have all these parts, one of them makes armor out of body parts. Yeah. Maybe yeah. one of them has a bunch of uh, trophies from scalping them or something. I don't know. Well, you know, here's what happened. They attacked the local library, and they found <laughs> a book on, like, medieval times and weaponry <laughs> and armor and blacksmithing. <laughs> and they decided, hey, all right, I'm going to learn how to become a blacksmith and make armor, but I'm going to do it out of bone. Yes. Which means they don't really need the whole, you know, the smithing part of it as much as just like, I make armor out of bone. 
zone kit. Do the hill people have a language? Because that's something I wasn't clear on. I felt like they had. Their I mean, it, it seems like they could definitely communicate with themselves. Yeah. Like in between the three of them, like they grunt and like have little noises, and yeah. that seemed to yeah. be the way they talk. Yeah, grunt noises. I, I don't think they do much more than that, really. I don't think there's much more to them. If there is communication, it's probably like for trading and stuff like that with that crazy old dude. Yeah. He's got three teeth and can barely talk to begin with. So right. I'm sure they have a way to communicate with each other. They're all missing teeth because they're using it in their armor, clearly. <laughs> That's true. Well, hey, here's the thing. They have, well, they have all those like other teeth. They could just make dentures for themselves if they wanted to. Oh, that would be really interesting to behold. Wearing other people's teeth, just yeah. like making, yeah. Yeah. I want to see more of what they do. It's just, just like, hey, we caught someone, we butchered him, and we just went to sleep right away. Like, yeah. what? What, it's like, what, not... more, what? It's like, you, you want to see more of, honestly, for me, what it made, like, really creepy, like, especially with um, Three Fingers, um, like, mimicry. Ooh, like yeah. if you would have done like a straight like predator, like mimicking people's voices and stuff like that, or like like if somebody said something, he came back and like repeated it back to them. It's like that would have been so terrifying. That would have been really cool. Yeah, that would have been really good. I don't know how he. Well, I mean, it could happen. I'm, it's a movie, so you yeah. can make it happen. If the ruins can have plants mimic voices. And cell phones. You I mean, shake your head, Kelly. If, <laughs> if people are listening to this and not watching, and I'm watching Kelly's shaking her head on this video <laughs> chat. <laughs> and I've read the book. If you read the book for the ruins, it's really, really, really good because you get everyone's POV. So as a character's like getting yanked by these vines and killed, you're watching them in their last moments or going through their last thoughts as stuff is happening. And it gets a lot more involved than what the movie does. That would have been awesome to see in a movie. Like, yeah. I watched the ruins. I was just like, eh. I like the, I like the ruins. I thought it was fun. It's, yeah. it's, it's gross out fun. Uh, it's all about how to be really uncomfortable with, vines and things inside of you <laughs> and how you need to cut them out. Do you Did that like um, nature this for Evil Dead? Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jeremy. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, sorry. No, this is bullshit. <laughs> no, I was just asking, did that come before Evil Dead or after? Oh, what, the remake of Evil Dead? Well, I mean, you know, with the, the whole vines is... and everything, that makes me think of the Evil Dead. No, no. Evil Dead's 1982. Ruins is 2008. Oh, okay. And, then, and then the remake of... Uh, 2013. 2013. That's it. Yeah. Well, it's not even a remake. It's just kind of a re. Reboot? Well, it's a follow up. Actually, oh, it's a it's a real it's a follow up more than anything to it. It okay. seems like. Mm. Which I, it's fine. It's fine. Mm. I love the effects in it, and I think the gore stuff's really cool, and it's yeah. super visceral and pushing the limits. But it's plot wise, and it's very blue and very gray, and I'm like. Eh. I think it's very red at the end, which I'm cool with, which is great. I did, I did uh, like the, the the ending, like all yeah. the red in the ending. That was really cool. Yeah. But yeah, Kelly, I think wrong turn. 
you made a good choice on this because it has sparked an interesting conversation where it's not a bad movie. It's mediocre. It not- I I never realized uh, until this podcast how many missed opportunities there were. <laughs> this whole movie is a missed opportunity of mm. they could escape at any time a thousand times over had they thought anything through. They could have killed these guys, maybe. We get some cool stuff out of it. There's a lot of flaws in it based on it's a time capsule of the time it came out, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It almost tries to have a throwback feel to it. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would say it feels like it w- It really wants to have like a Hills Have Eyes thing going on. It definitely had to have been influenced by that. One thing I'm really glad they didn't do that's in Hill Have Eyes is like the rape. I'm really glad when they tie Eliza Dushku up, like he strokes her cheek, but that's as far as it goes. Cause you know, yeah, I was relieved, you know, especially having watched the Hills have eyes and how visceral that gets. So and, and, like, and, and, and honestly, like uh, Rob asked earlier, it's like, why was she the one that, that gets to live that they don't just kill and, and butcher immediately. It seems like they were going to go in some route. cutting room yeah. edit. Yeah. There's that footage. And uh, that, I no, would not. No, have God, I hope no, not. no, no. Yeah, this movie like, is not the type that would have made that footage to begin with. When it comes to the actual cutscenes from this movie, uh, there are a few. They yeah. are not that at all. All right, cool. Uh, this is not that type of movie. This wasn't going to go that route. Good. This is not like when they did the remake of Hills Have Eyes. They got you know it got rapey. Oh yeah, no. Then they did not literally. That was, well, that was then they did the 2007 follow-up, which is atrocious, by the way. Absolutely terrible. That's it makes the one I'm the one... thinking of is that one, yeah. Oh, that one's that one's just nasty. That one that is just absolutely nasty. yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a cringe fest the entire way through because they basically said, hey, you know that that part of Hills Have Eyes that involves like the creepy rape and stuff. We're just gonna focus on that for this whole movie. Yeah, yeah. so. You know, that's that's where I think this definitely differs from Hills Have Eyes and hits more of Texas Chainsaw territory definitely. where I yeah. feel yeah. it's a it's a solid amalgamation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because you're dealing with a deranged inbred family. Mm-hmm. And in this case, instead of being in Texas and dealing with uh, Leatherface, you're dealing with. And, you know, in the rest of the Sawyer clan, but you're dealing now with these three well-developed, very particular... It's like Liam Neeson. They each have a a particular set of skills. (laughs) (laughs) Now, which one... uh, Is it One-Eye or Sawtooth that is just, like, seven feet tall and you don't really see... Sawtooth. Sawtooth is, like, he, he is a rifleman, he is an archer... He is like yeah, he's, the, he's super he's, skilled. But then I think uh, one eye is the one who has the axe, right? He has the double bladed. Okay. I thought that was um, no, no, no. That's that's um, that's three fingers. He's the one who climbs the tree. No, no, no. I know three fingers takes the axe for that moment. Oh, okay. So he's, he's not, not the one primarily. He's the one axe. throwing it through. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the point is, one eye is definitely like 
a a bigger person, he could probably get that thing going. Well, he has like blades and stuff you see later. Like he has that mm-hmm. that machete up to her uh, throat, and it's cool. Like I mean, each character is very defined in in the way they are. Their demeanors, each one is different. Sawtooth's is very different from everyone else's, just in the way that he moves. It's very lumbering, and then you have like the spastic nature of a uh, three finger mm-hmm. and that's what makes this movie stand out more so than anything else mm-hmm. is the characterization that you get in that yeah absolutely yeah i that's hope the remake goes way more into them like i want to know more of their backstory i want to know more about that and then three fingers almost came up as like the childlike one of them like the little brother i definitely got that vibe toward the beginning when he like was he, like he was like he was like he was there and he was skilled, but it's like he was trying to like be part of the crew. Like it seemed like he yeah. like more more so putting himself out there to try and prove himself. Yeah. Like lowest on the pecking order. I definitely got yeah. that. Well, he's also the smallest, so yeah. that would be not just yeah. being may- maybe the youngest, but also like mm-hmm. the smallest of the three. He always has to put himself a little more out there to make sure the big brothers are taking notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that that's where he is the one who goes up in the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get the cool we get the cool kill uh, for that. And then, you know, it's just from there we've we've pretty much killed off our characters. You know, we get the yeah. we get the trooper who gets mm-hmm. shot through the head and then That was a shot, it's like right after like the whole act scene in the tree and they're running, and then you get the trooper as soon as he comes out of the truck, he gets one right through the eye. Yeah, it's, I was like, it's right away. I forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. It's a fine movie, guys. It's I, I a, like it's it. A... it. I think it's fun. I think yeah, you, I agree. I you put it on at like any gathering, any party, and it's just it's just like playing in the background. You can see some stuff. They're just like, oh, I remember that. That was pretty cool. You know? Yeah. So, Wrong Turn is the type of movie that you can introduce people to where they haven't seen a lot of horror, but they're they're willing to try it out, but they maybe don't want to see uh, something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre that yeah. is that gritty Toby Hooper type sure. film. I think The Faculty is another film like that, which is one of my favorites. I love The Faculty, but I feel like it'd be a good intro movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, there's yeah, a lot it's got of that. It's definitely got a certain gloss to it. Mm-hmm. Very know. nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it has gloss to it, but it's still it's effective. And it was Robert Rodriguez being, mm-hmm. you know, having fun. So it was between the kids, kids stuff that he would do and his like intense, you know, desperado type films. Yeah. And then, you know, having a film like Wrong Turn thrown into that mix, I think, yeah, it, it's a movie that. You can get people to watch. You can introduce them to this type of horror. It might be because, yeah, they watched Buffy and they're like, oh, you know, it's Eliza, Eliza Dushku. Like, I love her from, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Bring It On or whatever. Everything because she's the See, exactly. And then people would watch because of that or Jeremy Sisto or, you know, Desmond Harrington because they've watched with Desmond Harrington, let's say they've watched Dexter and they're like, Oh, I I remember him from all those seasons later on. Let me go back and watch this when he was starting out. Yeah. This movie has that appeal to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that works really well with it. 
it's not offensive. It's not a movie that I'm like, oh gosh, I can't believe this movie. Maybe Ugh. if you're a West Virginian. <laughs> I mean, I can I can see it being like if you're you from West Virginia. Home. Yeah, it's a stigma, man. I mean, because they have a lot of mountains. Mm-hmm. It's the Appalachians, and uh, yeah, people just think that it's going to be a bunch of inbred hillbillies that are going to murder you. Which I've been up to West Virginia. It's not that, guys. That, that I mean, that probably Which exists. Which part were you in? I know where you're talking about. I know some places there are like that, yes. Oh, but... because I spent time in Philippi, West Virginia, and let me tell you, buddy. Wait, wait, the birthplace of Ryan? Who's Ryan? Oh, Ryan Philippi? Ryan Philippi, oh! No, I was on a dig there, and I've spent like time in Martinsburg and Morgantown, like in the big cities. But I've spent some time in some outposts and. Mm. Okay, but let's say like the big cities, right? But the big yeah. cities are are like they're normal. Everything's fine. Yeah. It just looks really nice. You have a lot of really good scenery there. Mm-hmm. Sure, you go out into the outskirts. Okay, yeah, mm. but I feel like that's anywhere. I feel like if I went out to the Midwest, it's just you don't get as much scenery there where people are like hey i'm wilderness per capita in west virginia i think that's one of the things is that there's so much of it and the movie deliverance really just kind of (laughs) put that out into the uh, that made everybody think that that's west virginia drove that nail home (laughs) it really did and this film almost feels like is it a weird follow-up to deliverance meets these other films, you know, is it the it does have this amalgamation feel that did spawn, you know, six sequels. We are now hitting, yeah, you know, this the seventh film, which is like a reboot, mm-hmm. but to still be going after all this time, yeah. There's something. I mean, to say it's like something there to be to be continuing mm-hmm. content for this. Yeah. Not not just like continuing content, but this yeah. like this new one actually like getting a revitalization, like having a certain feel to it. I know there here in the last several years there's been a lot of movies doing this. You know, like kind of like bring it down a little bit, making it grittier, making it darker, making it more and in, more intense, you know, not adding as much of like uh, the the comic relief that you would have in these mm-hmm. early aught early aught horror movies and taking you out of it just like the entire way, trying to immerse you in this environment. Well, we let's see how it goes though, because this could be no, a no, 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 absolutely. Movie. We haven't even seen this movie yet. The <laughs> I want to see the new like, Candyman. I do too. Like that's been yeah, on, that one looks they, cool too. They, they pushed that back like a year and a half yeah. now, which I'm still like up for. But like, I, mean, I am too, but I'm I'm also at the point where, look, if the movie's done, let's just get it out to people. Yeah. Let's have them watch it. It's like, I'll, uh, I'll pay for it, I'll rent it, whatever. It's like, I'll watch it. Yeah, because I know a lot of people like movie theaters and they like that experience. I've never been a fan of that experience. I don't want to pay to see a movie where people are going to sometimes just be loud and annoying and especially when assigned seating was a thing and you had the really tight seating and it wasn't like you had the nice plush seats where you could kind of have your own little section Mm -hmm. i hated that because then you're stuck next to whoever and they could be the worst uh just super loud talking the whole time just being 
you can't hear the movie then. So why why do I want to pay to have a shitty experience? True. I yeah. love movie theaters, especially on opening night. Like I get what you're saying, but like going to like Spider Man on opening night in college and everybody's in costume, that was fun. That, I that think is for some movies, yeah. yes, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but like going to see like a new release horror film and having to do assigned seating, it's like if there's not gonna be that many people in there anyways, it's like if there's some other bigger movie like premiering. You know, fine, do a sign scene for that. But it's like, if I'm just going to go watch this movie because I think I might enjoy this content and it's definitely not getting a a bigger pull, it's like, yeah, don't make me... Well, it it depends on the horror movie too, right? Mm -hmm. Because some are meant to be seen. All right, so I saw Snakes on a Plane in the theater and it was the only way to see it because it was the dumbest movie. It it was stupid and we were all making fun of it. Everyone in the theater was making fun of it. It... We were all loud and obnoxious that day. Yeah, yeah. We were Pop, all quiet popcorn, to listen. Like popcorn cinema. Yeah. Or it's like, go see it with a crowd. Get the reaction. Like, be part but of it. Everyone, you know, was listening to the dialogue and whatever. But we were all, everyone was loud and raucous. The mm-hmm. entire theater. Yeah. Which was great because it felt like this is a stupid movie that we should be doing this in. Mm-hmm. For a movie like the original Wrong Turn, it's not one where I would want people freaking out every couple of seconds just yeah. at a jump scare or, or just getting freaked out or being loud and, and whatever. It's different. It's a totally different feel. Like, sure. it's not a Rocky Horror Picture Show type film. It's not so the bad room. it's good. The yeah. Room, yeah. There yeah. are films that in horror where you're like, yes, this is so cheesy. We all need to just... It's cathartic, and you want to get that out. Monster but Squad. Right. But, well, I love Monster I think Monster Squad's quality. Monster Squad. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, with Wrong Turn, or any of these other types, there are people who are going to take these films very seriously and people who won't. Best example of seeing a movie in the theaters and it not going the way that you would want. Saw. I had friends who just thought it was the... They just started laughing and thought it was the funniest, most ridiculous thing. And I'm trying to actually watch it and pay attention and take it seriously. And they're just laughing their asses off and being obnoxious. And I was thinking, what the... What, what? What is this? I would rather just watch this at home alone and wait, you know, when it comes out on DVD at the time, you know. I, I, I actually went through the same thing. I had to see Saw in the theaters multiple times. I saw the first time with friends, and it was, they were just completely turned off by the entire thing yeah. and just making a big deal about it. And I was just like, okay, nope, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I understand this is not your thing after we left, but then, you know, like a few days later, I went back by myself it was like in the middle of the day i had the, like the day off from work so i went in the middle of the day just to go in and sit in the dark room pretty much almost by myself and watch this experience well yeah. that's the bad thing about going with a group is you never know what people are going to find unsettling like here's an embarrassing thing i watched tusk by kevin smith and i got freaked out for weeks because that body horror kind of thing kind of freaked me out. I won't lie. I, it's embarrassing. I hate that movie. That's one of my <laughs> least favorite. I think it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. And it was it all came about 
because of a dumb podcast conversation that they played during the credits. It just was, was, that was the brainchild of that. I hated it. And I think it's just garbage. And then basically he made yoga hosers right after that. I just was thinking Kevin Smith, stop. It's like, just stop for a while. Reevaluate. You know the Yoga films Hosers you want to make. One of the worst films. I, th- I think he, I think he quickly very much got tired of like the whole art house thing. It was just like I'm just gonna try to make people laugh. But he failed. No, no, but he failed. I'm not saying he was like like they were awesome movies or like comic successes. But it's like I think it's like especially at the very beginning, like it was very much more art house than. Yeah. Sure, because of limita- I think limitations, limitations of what he had in the View Skew universe, and I, I appreciate what he did at the time. He didn't have to stick with that, but I don't think his foray into horror was good. Oh, no, not at all. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just when you bring up, when you bring up Tusk, it's like, oh, what a movie. And seeing, seeing, seeing Justin Long take that, take that transformation. I like his Justin creepy Long. I think, he, I think he's good. I think he's good. But yeah. like seeing that that end, it's just like what is that? He just has the same mustache. <laughs> yeah, it's it was just it was just terrible. City anyway, of Lost Children, same director as Amelie. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, Jean Pierre Jeunet, I love and Mark Caro. But that was when they worked as a duo together and did yeah. Delicatessen as well. I love okay. City of Lost Children. Yeah, 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 City of Lost Children freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, because it's creepy. It's great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, City of Lost Children, Delicatessen is another really good one. Yeah. It's very dark comedy dealing with mm-hmm. cannibalism, actually. So uh, having them as a duo is very nice. When they split, the quality just started to drop. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. Um, I think we've we've kind of done everything I think we can with wrong turn being that now we're going into every other topic every that is topic. just Detours. like on the, on the peripheral of wrong turn. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. We could talk about the movie detour or we could talk about the movie U turn or no. Um, <laughs> oh, I do one one last thing. The, uh, when they're getting smoked out of the watchtower mm-hmm. and they're jumping into the trees. First off, Elijah Dushku was right. It's like that's a twenty foot drop. You're gonna split yourself in half, okay? Yeah, bro. That's broken ribs. I mean, that's all broken of them ribs, broke ribs. broken no pelvises. The way they landed, but the mo- the best the best one was Elijah Dushku herself. Oh when my she god! Jumps out the window and straight like elbow drops like WWE style out of the window, and then lands on this branch and like flips the entire way around it. Only some. How like latches on with their arm? Like, yeah. how have you not like completely laid yourself open? She's part sloth. Did you not know? She's part sloth. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay. So she when she falls, she's just <laughs> man. That's how she hangs like that. Oh, oh god, that was crazy. Like seeing her, like the way she literally, yeah, the way she jumped out of off of that building. Was just yeah. like this, just like laid out the entire way. I was just like, "What is going on with that?" And then I the mean, hey, landed, I don't know. You know, she she tried, she tried. 
I mean, hey, she made it through the movie. They they take that. They are like, no, we're going to take this shortcut map so no one else can find this cabin. And they leave. And when the cops come to check and survey the area, uh, they find charred remains and or some stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's Three Finger, Three laughing maniacally, lot. smoking because he's charred. And he see, swings. see, I did like that how they like started the started the credits, and then there was yeah. a cut scene, and yeah. Three is alive. Yeah, I think that's part, cool. Part like, of definitely... the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. <laughs> The mid credits. Well, we, we should have had an end credits with it as well. We could have really just driven it home at that. Point. Really they actually had a cooperative with um, a, a co op with a Hawkeye. He helped them with their archery skills. That's why they're saying. Nice, nice. So he. he <laughs> there trained, we go. We're tying it uh, all up in a bow. That's Next good. Next on That's Disney good. Plus. <laughs> wrong turn. Wrong turn on Disney Plus. <laughs> the animated. Wait, wrong turn. The animated series. That's right. Wrong turns legends. Hold hold up. What if this ends up becoming like the Toxic Avenger became Toxic Crusaders, where Toxie is like a cartoon and he's just helping everyone. It's a Saturday morning kids cartoon based on Toxic Avenger that was like how they did Rambo and everything yep. else. I want to see that with Wrong Turn, where it's focused. It's like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> but, three fingers. Oh yeah, it's with it's with the three the yeah, three hillbilly brothers. Saw tooth and one eye. Three fingers, I saw tooth and one eye. Three it's saw Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. You know what? Maybe. I mean, if we do an animated version of this, or just come up with a a, a temp concept, you know, proof of concept uh, for the filmmakers, maybe we can get a kids show made. <laughs> Or at least, like, if it if we want to make it super gory, put it on like Adult Swim or something. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I I would say yeah, but I think we should do it for we should do it for kids, and we should do it as about there. it's about acceptance. I like. Hey, that. kids! I you like want to that know a lot. How to abduct a white woman and wrap her in wire? No, we're not going to know. We're not. Whoa, whoa! That's extreme. <laughs> you just. You just went to like every stereotype ever. We're not going that route. This is about acceptance. It would be funny as shit to do a kids show based on this. And just the moral is acceptance. And you can have a Texas Chainsaw one with Leatherface too. Like a little like animated kid Leatherface. Uh, Yeah, I'm all about this. We're going to do this. Are y'all familiar with uh, the artist uh, Scotty Young? Who writes for uh, for Marvel? No, uh, he does like all like very very like kid caricatures of like all the characters. Oh, you know, I was getting the Marvel Collector Core stuff, and I think he did the art for the Funko Pop stuff that they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. He's he's done a lot a lot of like um, title variants for, especially if like if you're start if they're starting like a new like branch of something yeah they'll come yeah, in yeah. and do do a cover variant of anything it's all like very childlike very kitty very nice. just just like bright happy stuff to like the juxtaposition of like how dark it is mm. nice all right well i think that's going to do it for us on oh the horror uh wrong turn i would say it's a recommend what do you guys say definitely no absolutely i i love this movie i think it's a lot of fun Despite like 
the holes and everything and it. it's like i always enjoy it i will always sit down and watch it mm-hmm. i think there's so much potential and it, and it really draws you in i wish they had expounded upon it more but it's definitely worth a watch for sure absolutely yeah, I think the stupidity is part of the fun. You can make fun of it with your friends. It mm-hmm. is a good party movie. Um, so if you are stuck at home and you have to, you know, if you have the social distance still, whatever, or if you don't, whatever, awesome. If you if you can be around people, watch it with some of your friends or watch it on like Zoom or, or Facebook Watch or any of those sites where you can do a movie party. It's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. That's uh, going to do it for us this week on Other Horror. I'd like to thank my guests, Kelly Vigilante and Jeremy Johnson. Do you want to promote any of your stuff before we go? I don't really think I've got anything to promote right now. I'm good. I'm uh, The only thing I'm working on is the next episode of this, whenever that's going to be. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so, guys... They're promoting future episodes of Oh, the Horror. That's it. So that's what we're promoting. I would really like you guys to watch Burial Ground. It is an amazing Italian horror film. I have seen Burial Ground. You have? Okay. I have not. Where can I find that, honestly? Hey, you know where you can find a lot of movies? You can go to JustWatch.com. Enter in your country that you are in or where you'd like to watch it if you're using a VPN and search the film. And you can find on any streaming site. I don't... If you would like to sponsor Oh the Horror, (laughs) JustWatch.com. I'm not sponsored by JustWatch or anything, (laughs) but I use it. Do you use it pretty often? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's how I find where the stuff is. I don't want to go and have to search everything I have a membership for. Sure. So this, you can sign up. It's, you know, a free thing. And then you can compile all of the services you have. And it can kind of tell you from that or if you'd have to rent it or whatever. Oh, okay. That's actually really, really cool. I've heard you mention it before, but I haven't, like, asked about it or really looked into it. So that I will look into that now. And that's JustWatch.com. JustWatch.com. <laughs> For all your streaming needs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for us this week on Other Horror. Uh, I'm Rob Holmes. And until next time, if you see a way out, just get out. Just get out. Okay, Jordan Peele. <laughs> Don't take a wrong turn. <laughs> if you see a way out, just take it. Look at me, Damien. Time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk.